What's up, guys? It's the Blue Bloods. We back at you here with a week 14 preview. We got big games. We got big storylines. We got the gambling corner. Y'all already know what's coming on this episode. We're going to start it off with pick six. We upped it a level, taking it to pick seven. We got some big games. Mostly, we raised it just to bully Brandon, but y'all seem to really love that. So I'm here for it. I'm always down to bully Brandon. We're going to storyline second. We're going to talk about why Kurt Hurtstreet had to apologize to Michigan. Should he? I don't think so, but we'll get to that. We're going to talk about the Big, big Ten coddling their big, bad Ohio State, making them feel a little bit better. And, of course, guys, we're wrapping it up with the one, the only, Brandon's Gambling Corner, in which Brandon's making y'all boatloads of money this weekend. Y'all are going to be rolling in that dough if B-Dub has a say on it. But, guys... We are so happy to be back, but we have a full show today, so let's kick it off. Starting out here, uh, just I don't know how they made it back, Brandon, but they did. They can't leave us alone. They're like that ex-girlfriend that just won't lose your number. We got the Liberty Flames and the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers this weekend, Brandon. College game day, 1 o'clock, ESPNU. The disrespect to put college game day, the college game day's game on ESPNU. Can't even find a main channel for it. I'm pissed. You're pissed. Why, why are the Flames and Chanticleers not getting any respect? Well, it's absolutely banana land out here that they're that this is college game day and they're not going to put them on a main ESPN channel or maybe even bump them up to ABC. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's typically what they do with every other team. It's pretty main. It's pretty mainline, isn't it? I mean, you yeah. get college game day in the morning and I think it would be beautiful here in, in coastal Carolina in whatever city in <laughs> South Carolina this is in. Um <laughs> With the blue turf in the background, I, you know, I think that's picturesque. Hey, I need some respect. It teal. is the teal turf, teal turf, teal turf in the background. I'm teal sorry. turf, teal turf. God. In the yeah, teal the turf is getting to you. I, I'm telling you, man. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> guys, we we've had a long day. I'll say, I'll leave it at that, <laughs> guys. We we had some technical difficulties. This is our fifth attempt to get this episode to y'all so listen if this if, listen i know what i usually say it at the end of the show if there's any time to share this with your friends and family it is today we have strived to bring all an excellent episode today so so let's go ahead and promote some blue bloods on this great i guess tomorrow will be the third this great december 3rd my birthday's this weekend treat your boy to some listens this week we tried to get this episode out five times to y'all but we're here now yeah, we could have given up, and you know what? Honestly, I I wanted to give up. But Zach <laughs> if Brandon no. if Brandon didn't have COVID, he would have given up like three hours ago. But no, he doesn't I, have to go to work tomorrow, so he's going to stay up past his six thirty bedtime and bring y'all an episode. Guys, it is nine p.m. Right, this is ridiculous. This is getting ridiculous right now. You, know, you you say that, but we recorded our national championship episode at like one thirty in the morning with you Zach, like blackout drunk. Zach, I do not remember that episode. <laughs> That's the difference. Uh, That's the difference. I have some breaking news. I'm glad we waited five episodes to get to this. <laughs> Liberty might have to cancel this game, Brandon. But guess thing, what? 
But he is what? a backup opponent. Uh-oh. BYU will be traveling to Coastal Carolina to take Liberty's place if they have to cancel tomorrow. Oh, stop that. Okay, so I think what we got to do, Zach, I think we're, now... We're making predictions for both. We're there we go. predictions for Liberty and there Coastal Carolina go. and Coastal Carolina BYU. So, guys, this is a seven-game preview. It's really eight because we're making predictions on two games. It's a two-for-one here on the Blue Bloods. But, guys, I, I'm not going to lie, Brandon. This is going to sound bad. I'm going to sound like an absolute <laughs> a-hole. I hope this game gets canceled. Because Malik Willis is hurt, and I want to see BYU face a team that's better than the rest of their schedule. Oh, I do too. I do too. I mean, I want to see BYU play a team that's undefeated. I want to see the only team in the history of the Sun Belt who's ever been 9-0 and play another undefeated team. I want to see – because guess what? If BYU wins this game, they have some leverage. They have some leverage to actually get into the college football playoff. And if Coastal Carolina wins this game, you don't think the playoff committee is going to boost them up into like the top 15 at least? They have to. I I think you have to. I think you do too. And and I get it. Liberty is a good win too. But without Malik Willis, it's so much weaker. I, I mean, look at his stats. He is leading this team in passing. Obviously, he's the quarterback, but also rushing. Um He's he might as well be the running back as well. Uh, yep. He has 30 total touchdowns, 10 in the air, 10 on the ground. Um, and he left Auburn. No love lost. Uh, Zach, I know a little bit, you, a little bit of love you, lost. Yeah. Zach, Zach has love lost, but Malik Willis, maybe not. Um, he's doing great. I, you know, he tested positive for COVID. Welcome to the club. Um, and so now we're going to get basically if this game actually gets played, we're going to get a game that's not worthy of college game day, I think. Uh, this game's not no. going to be close if it's, if it's Liberty Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is such a strong team. They're such a good team this year. Um, and Liberty is too, but Liberty without Malik Willis is basically not even Liberty. It's like old Liberty. No, it's like Liberty from like before Hugh Freeze got there. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Is Hugh Freeze coaching in a hospital bed? Because that could that can make it Undefeated. Different. Undefeated. When that happens, and put Malik Willis in hospital bed too. Maybe, maybe that'll help. <laughs> NC State said it don't matter. Hospital bed, two feet, one feet, one hand, two hands. NC State in four. Um, <laughs> I mean, listen, guys. Malik Willis is a huge, huge loss for this Liberty team. Like Brandon said, it's not even the same game without him. You look at Grayson McCall, played out of his mind, guys. 20 touchdowns, only one turnover with one interception. You know, you got Maribel, the running back. He's got eight touchdowns, almost 600 yards. The Chanticleers are only allowing about 300 yards per game, 16 points per game. Their defense showed they could be opportunistic against Appalachian State at home where they pulled out the 34-23 win. They've been blowing out opponents, man. And listen, I'm with Brandon. If this game... Is played against Liberty. I'm taking Coastal Carolina big. I got Coastal Carolina 35-17 over Liberty. But let's look at the flip side, Brandon. BYU, Zach Wilson arguably has had, outside of Kyle Trask, maybe the best season in college football for a quarterback. And you look at that BYU defense that has been rolling. They got a run game. I mean, they are, they are a complete team coming to make a statement. If they play BYU, guys – I think the Chanticleer is going to be outmatched. I have BYU 42-30 over the Chanticleers if BYU takes this matchup. Okay, so in the original matchup against Liberty, I'm taking Coastal Carolina um, 31-14. 
But if Coastal Carolina has to play against BYU, I think BYU is just too strong, like Zach said. Um, I've got I've to take BYU. And I think I take BYU big. I'm going 42-21. Ooh, I like it. I like it. That's just a different level, bro. That is a different level. But, guys, you got Washington State traveling to USC next. Um, this is on my birthday Sunday, 12-6, 6-30 primetime. I'll be watching it, um, arguably – drunk but we'll see how that goes um <laughs> but usc's a 13 point favorite brandon and i think that's due to you know the freshman signal caller for washington state Jaden delora he is he is reportedly out with covid this weekend so that's a big big loss for the cougars but can they pull it off with their backup uh, no, <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> he said negative. And, and you want to know why? Yeah, and it's not even that. I mean, he's been such a big part of this offense, so obviously it's a giant loss. But I just don't think these two teams match up very well at all. I mean, this USC offense has been so strong this year with Keaton at quarterback. I mean, he's, I mean, what, what he's been he's put up over nine. He's put up almost a thousand yards this season in three games. And I, I want to say this Washington State defense is letting up 516 yards a game on defense. Mm-hmm. And I think like 350 of those are through the air. So it's just a terrible yeah, matchup. <laughs> and Keaton Slovis is the best quarterback they've faced to this point. And so, I mean, there's a real possibility he could pass for 400 yards in this game. And you, you're not going to win a game when the opposing quarterback passes for 400 yards. There's no way. And with Washington State, they can't really stop the run well either. They're allowing 200 yards on the ground yeah. per game. And, you know, yes, this USC rushing attack isn't great, but if there was ever a time for USC and Marquis Step to really take, you know, no pun intended, a step forward in their run game, it's this week. I mean, they, they're averaging about 150 yards, which is respectable for USC, especially after last year, man. There were some games last year, Brandon, I watched, and I was like, dude, I don't know. I don't know if they could get five yards confidently on on just a, any run play they had in their playbook. Yeah. It was that bad. And if Washington State, I mean, the Delora loss is almost – I don't even know how they overcome it, but Dion McIntosh has to be spectacular. Um, you know, what Renard Bell, leading wide receiver, he's got to be spectacular. I mean, every for Washington State to win this game without Delora, they are going to have to play perfect, Brandon. No, I, and, I absolutely agree. I, and, and you know what's crazy is that this running back has been performing. So, yeah, he can probably, he might be able to get it done, especially against this USC defense that hasn't been. Super impressive. I mean, I understand in their last game, they, they looked pretty good and they were causing turnovers, stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. It, it's going to be tough for him to keep up with, with this USC offense. Yeah, I, I don't see him honestly doing it. Um, I, I, I don't see McIntosh being able to do enough to keep Washington State in this game. Plus, it's on the road. I know – USC is really not known for its home field advantage, but it's still a big thing in a COVID season to travel all the way from Washington to down in LA to play a game, especially when, you know, Delora is not the only player that tested positive. They had a small outbreak. They have enough to play, but man, at full strength is you're going to have to come in firing to beat the best team in the Pac-12 right now. Yeah, you're right. And USC's got all that motivation, man. After Oregon's upset, I mean, they're in the catbird seat in terms of 
Pac-12, you know, championship. I mean, if they went out, they're in. Yeah, no, it's that's nuts. That's nuts to think four games into the season. Yeah, well, they're only playing like six, so. Yeah. Um, you know, and this game uh, could be in jeopardy depending on how other game, how other tests come back for Washington State, but we're hoping it's played. But if it's played, I got USC big. I got USC 45-21, to 21, Brandon. I'm going to take USC. I'm going to take them a little bit closer just because I haven't. I, I want to say I don't know if they can pull away like that uh, per se. So I'm going to go with USC 31, um, 31 to 24. Oh, I like that. That's a, so you got a little bit of faith. Okay. I do. I hear you. So we're going to move to the Big 12, Brandon, out there in the middle of nowhere in Ames, Iowa. There's going to be a scrap. 230 ESPN. It's going to be a scrap. West Virginia at number nine, Iowa State. Brandon, I told you they had to get there. They got there, and they have an outside shot at the playoff now, and I think that is going to motivate the Cyclones team down the stretch. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Um, Now, this this is actually going to be a pretty good game, and this isn't a game preseason that I would have thought would have been good. I would have thought (laughs) Iowa State would have just, just mopped the floor with West Virginia. But West Virginia has really been surprising a lot of people, especially me, who had them ranked like what last or second to last in the Big Twelve this year. It's a bad look. It was a bad look for you, bro. It's a bad look. But what I will say is that while this West Virginia team, I, I mean, if you look at their total yards, like for and against, I, I mean, they're beating Iowa State in both aspects. Um, right. So on paper, you would think, oh, West Virginia might actually have a legitimate chance here. I think that in order for West Virginia to have a legitimate chance, they're going to have to slow down Barisi Hall. Uh, he's, he's the X factor in this game, Zach, and I don't think it's a debate. Um, we know what he's made of. We know he's the real deal, and we know that he's probably the best running back in the Big 12 this year. Yeah, uh, Chuba Hubbard is disappointed be like beyond measure. Um, <laughs> that's Brucey an understatement Hall, yeah and Brucey Hall has picked up I mean where he left off I'm talking 200 carries for 1260 yards this season that's 1260 yards through nine games so he's over 100 yards in every single game uh not not legitimately every single game but he's averaging it no he, he has he's run for over 100 he, in every single game but I one he, I think yeah he only had 90 last weekend oh man that's tough that is tough but Almost no. okay. That's that's still respectable. I'll give the boy his his props. No, it's, respe- it's definitely respectable. Um, I mean, Brock Purdy's really stepping into this to this QB one role, and you know the one that we knew that he had last year when he looked so great, and then the beginning of this year we were kind of like, uh, but is he is he really the best quarterback on the team? <laughs> he is. I mean, he, he's proven that. I mean, t- over two thousand yards passing, fourteen touchdowns. He has six interceptions. Those mostly came early. Uh, yeah. recently he's been dominant, but like I said, this, this rush game for Iowa state is going to make or break them. Um, I, I think that if they, if this West Virginia defense can hold Brisey hall to under what 75 yards, if, if they can hold him to under a hundred yards, they might have a legitimate chance. But if Brisey hall breaks that hundred mark, if he breaks that one, two touchdown mark, I think it's game set match, man. I think, I think Iowa state runs away with this one. If Brisey hall has a day. Yeah. A thousand percent. And it's going to be up to that, like you said, stout West Virginia defense to hold them down. And you know, I'm looking at West Virginia. Like, can you put? Can you make this a shootout? 
Because yeah. for me, I have more faith that West Virginia can make a stop than I have than I have Iowa State can make a stop. If they could turn this game into a shootout, man, it's gonna it's gonna be close. And you know, J- uh, Jared Doji, I think that's the biggest reason, Brandon, that we've been shocked with how this team's performed. Nobody had faith in this kid coming into the starting job this year for the Mountaineers, and he's he's what exceeded expectations beyond what I think even his biggest supporters could have thought. I mean, over 2,200 yards passing, 13 touchdowns, Brandon, only three picks. He's been he's been great for this team. And for me, the X factor, like, you know, I've said, I mean, Letty Brown for West Virginia, the running back, he's been a shock to 900 yards rushing, nine touchdowns. He's going to have to go yard for yard, touchdown for touchdown with Barisi Hall. And Doji has to outplay Purdy for West Virginia to really have a shot at this game. And if this game was out there in West Virginia, I would I would have a tough time not taking the Mountaineers in an upset. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I I, I just think that uh, I really think that Brucey Hall is way too good for this for this even for this West Virginia defense that is stout that is good. And I get it. You know they are playing in, in Ames and defense does travel. But I think that this I think this West Virginia oh, I'm sorry I think this Iowa State offense is is just too good at this point in the season. Maybe if this would have been like week two or three, I might I might take West Virginia in an upset, but I don't think I can do that. <laughs> uh, I can't do it right now. I'm going to take Iowa State, Brandon. I got them in a close one, though, man. I think this is a game where it's going to be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I have Iowa State pulling out a close one like they did last week. 23-21, Brandon. The Cyclones escape of close one with the Mountaineers. I also think it's a close one. I'm keeping it within a touchdown. I'm going uh, – let's see. I'm going Iowa State 20 – I'm sorry, 21 to 14. Ooh, I like that. I like that. It's shot time again. I say again because this is our fifth attempt here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, we got the Alabama Crimson yeah. Tide. Alabama Crimson, Crimson Tide, number one in the country. Roll Tad traveling down to <laughs> Death Valley to take on the LSU Tigers. I cannot do a Cajun accent, so I will not even attempt. Go ahead and try. Um, no, I'm good, bro. I am good. Um, 29 and a half point spread here, Brandon, for your awesome fake Bayou Bengal hey, Tiger fake. things. Um, you know, y'all claim the y'all claim to be the real Death Valley, but last time I looked, Clemson's a lot more dominant in Death Valley than y'all are. But that's a whole other debate for another episode. But Brandon, anyway, y'all beat the Crimson Tide this weekend. No, uh, I wish there was. I, I trust me, <laughs> I wish that there was a way, but there's not. Um, and I think that it's going to get ugly. And you want to know why I think it's going to get ugly, Zach? Because because something happened after last year's game. Um, in the locker room, we heard. Do you have the audio? I'll have to insert it. <laughs> but but uh, here, here it is. I'll go ahead and insert it right now. Roll tie. What? Never mind. All right. So, guys, uh, you all know what Coach O said after the game last year in the locker room. We all heard it, and at the time, it was pretty awesome. I thought it was pretty cool, Zach. What, I mean, you thought it was cool, right? Oh, I, I, I loved that. it. I loved it. We all it. loved it. We all loved but now it. That, but now that foot's going to have to go right back in that mouth. That's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> man, and I'm kind of glad, you know, I, like I said, 
Everyone knows. Everyone who listens, I have COVID. Whatever. Who cares? Um, <laughs> Mr. I can't, Sniffles over here. Mr. Yeah, you've heard me all episode <laughs> long. Ago, but um, I've got – I can't go to this game. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a bummer. It's my first year being a season ticket holder uh, for LSU. And, you know, the whole reason that we wanted to start this year is because, first of all, we moved here. And second of all, we had Alabama at home so that would have been a really awesome game and so this is a game we've been looking forward to all season that i catch covid so i'm kind of glad actually that i caught it um you know not not in like a weird way like oh i wanted covid i didn't want covid but i also really don't want to watch lsu get beat down and it's i can't bad. remember i can't remember the last lsu game that i didn't watch uh but this might be the first one in a while this might be the first get, one i don't watch There's you a lot get of a bit <laughs> You get Alabama coming in looking to blow you out and run up the score, and you get to listen to Gary Danielson. I'm not listening to Gary Danielson. I, I will if I if I do put this game on, it will be on mute, and I will be listening to like something much more soothing. Like I'll be listening to like a like a bedtime story or something. No, something. you can listen. To, you can listen to our main guy, Chris Blair. Y'all listen to Chris Blair. Yeah, that's our homie. I'll tune um, in the radio. There you go. I mean, I don't blame you at all. But guys, this is going to be ugly. This is going to be disgusting. I mean, to just to encompass how bad this is, Najee Harris has more touchdowns than the three quarterbacks that have played for LSU this year. You didn't, you didn't have to say that. You could have We're left gonna that We're going to say that. Out. I knew you had to. I'm going to edit it out, though. <laughs> so. How about, though? So you're telling me the fifteen, the plus 1,500 money line for LSU is not enticing you just a little bit. It's enticing, Zach. Everyone knows. I mean, well, I'm not a – I'm a, okay. I'm a gambler. I, I need to go ahead and, <laughs> go ahead and to everybody. I've been lying for too long. Um, I might, I might, I might dabble. And so, yeah, it's definitely enticing, Zach. It's, it's for sure enticing. Um, but I'm not going to take it. You know, I'm you not going to have a winning record against the spread though. Four and three. Yeah. Well, I'll, I might take the spread. I'm not taking the plus 1500 That's money true. line though, Zach. That's true. How about, I mean, Hey, the consensus pick, for Bama right now on ESPN is 92%. Start taking the spread. Oh, no. Well, you know, a lot of gamblers are dumb, so maybe <laughs> maybe not. Honestly, if I had to put my money on it right now, guys, and this is only because I love you guys and I want you to know what my real picks are because I've been doing pretty good with gambling so far, like gambling corner this year, been doing a good job. Um, I, I might take the spread. If if I were you guys, if I had money on this, I I would feel pretty comfortable in Alabama covering oh, plus no. twenty nine and a half. I or my yeah, minus twenty nine and a half. Sorry. I know there's people who listen that are going to be real disappointed with you when this episode comes out. You know what? You know what? I take it back. LSU's go. LSU's going to keep this one remotely close. I don't care what any Alabama fan tells you. <laughs> this is a rivalry game, and I don't want to hear. That's a whole different tent. I'll go ahead and go down that road. This is a rivalry game. I don't care what you say. Any Alabama fan out there does not matter. Oh, it's not a rivalry game if we if we beat you every year. <laughs> well, not last year. And if you want to time travel back to the 2000s when when I know that's the dark ages for Alabama. I know you don't like to talk about it. Hey, a lot of those people weren't Alabama fans. That's true. They were Auburn Ooh. fans then. <laughs> <laughs> they were Auburn fans then. And then they were again. South Alabama fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were South Alabama, and then and then they were somehow um, that one year where where we thought Georgia, like halfway through the national championship game, they were Georgia fans and they were Alabama fans again. Like we all know those guys, and so LSU is a rival. I, I hate to hate to break that to you guys. 
They are. Just like Auburn is your biggest rival and not Tennessee. You can't pick and choose your rivals, dude. You can't do that. You can't pick and choose depending on, on your criteria. Just because <laughs> you go out and, and I get it historically, Tennessee, whatever. Tennessee, Alabama, who cares? That's not your biggest rival. Auburn is your biggest rival. I, that's end of story. I mean, if that was the case, Ohio State and Michigan wouldn't be rivals. That's what I'm saying. It would be like that. Would be like Ohio State going, "Oh no, 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 we're not, we're not rivals with Michigan. Uh, <laughs> our rival, our rival is Penn State. No, it's not. Penn State is not your rival. That's really I'm so that's tough. But there's Alabama fans. I talked to an Alabama fan recently who said their biggest rival is Clemson. I'm like, y'all don't even play every year. <laughs> like how how the hell is your rival not even in your conference? That's not, dude. I I don't know. I, after the show, I need you to tell me who that was so I can go out and, <laughs> and seek them out and talk to them. I was like, your rival is not Clemson. Like that, that's not a game that occurs all the time. Like, what are you talking about? You know, Just Alabama Florida- and Clemson, the biggest rivals in college football. Yeah, apparently. I I don't know. It, the teams it's that have disappointing. Three times now. Yeah, and <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, guys, Mac Jones. He's playing outstanding, guys. 23 touchdowns, three picks. They got just a five-headed monster, man. I mean, they, Najee Harris is really good. Um, what? Uh, Mechie is, is amazing. Devontae Smith is good. Uh, Slade is good. I mean, they have so many weapons that it's just unfair. Uh, if they line Alex Leatherwood back up at running back, I'd still pick Bama by 50. No, I would, too. I mean, you'd have to. Uh, he's a giant guy. I think he might be able to do well at linebacker. I'm, I don't doubt that he probably runs a 4-6. Oh, facts. Uh, he's the first top 10 pick, probably the first offensive lineman taken in this next draft. But Brandon, you know, Terrence Marshall opted out, and there's a quarterback question. Who do you want to see step up for Marshall, and who do you want to see take the snaps from center this weekend? Um, so LSU is an interesting situation. It's a really young team right now. Um, and I think they've kind of got it covered at wide receiver. I mean, I think, I think Kishan Butte is doing a great job. Um, true freshman. And I think Eric Gilbert can step up. I mean, I know he's a tight end, but he plays like a wide receiver. I mean, if, if he lined up at wide receiver, would you doubt him? I wouldn't. I mean, no, I would not. He's as fast as a wide receiver. He's bigger. Um, and I mean, he, I don't know to me, he's more of a wide receiver than a tight end, if that makes sense, because a tight end, what do you want? You want someone who can mostly block, but can also go out for the pass. Like maybe like a, maybe like a pass in the flats. Well, he's not doing that. He's going out on like, he's going out on like posts and go routes. So it's like, he's one of their best receivers, like overall. That's what I'm saying. And so, yeah, I think they've got it covered at wide receiver. I mean, that's not to like belittle Terrace Marshall or his impact on, on, on LSU because he's been an incredible wide receiver for the time he's been there. And I wish the best of luck to him. Um, but with racing McMath and, and others being out, um, I, I think Keishon Boutte and, and Eric Gilbert are going to play a big role in the passing game. And as for quarterback, uh, personally, I hope to see Max Johnson take some snaps. I hope he gets the start. Um, TJ Finley, I think that his time will come. And I get it. They're both in the same class. So one of them is going to have to take a little time on the bench. Um, but I honestly, I do think TJ Finley in the long run will end up being uh, QB one at LSU. He's just got to take some time to develop. Um, he he's, he's playing like he's in high school still. 
he's doing he's done great. Like, don't I'm not trying to like demean him at all, but you know, he's making mistakes. He's he's throwing costly picks where he should be throwing the ball away. He's just tossing it up, hoping somebody gets it. And that's just not something you can do in the SEC. Uh, I mean, we saw it against right. Texas A&M, and we saw Coach O finally get into him. And, and a lot of people like to see that. And uh, so, yeah, I, I hope that Max Johnson does get the chance just because of how he ended the Texas A&M game and how good he looked toward the end of that game. Um, but TJ Finley, I, I think his time's going to come. What, what did you think of the people who say Coach O was out of line for yelling at him like that? I think they need to. I, 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 will, I, I need them to step on a football field one time in their life and, and, <laughs> and tell me the same thing straight. To my, I mean, I'm serious, Zach. What, what, what are your thoughts on it? Because I mean, I, I'm, I'm on like Coach O's side. Right? I mean, That's if what a I kid, think. If a kid got to get yelled, I mean, like, uh, it's just like the overreaction on everything, man. Like, if he doesn't yell at him, everyone's overreacting that. Coach O's not doing enough. If he yells at him, then everyone's like, "Oh my God, he's disrespecting him." And it's like y'all can't have it both ways. Like I, y'all, at this point, y'all are just looking for something to get mad about and complain about. Well, and I'll say this: it it, it hasn't seemed. I mean, every single year, what do we see? What do we see? Coaches that are great do. What do we see? Nick Saban do. He gets into his players, doesn't he? Yep. Right. And we haven't seen LSU's coaching staff do that at all this year, or, or I haven't. And I mean, I watched the game. So I guess, I mean, it's just good that someone cares. Cause like That's what I'm saying. watching like during the Auburn game, like there were points where like, it looked like LSU players did not even want to be on the field. And I think that's the case in, you know, in some instances. And so it's good to see that the coaching staff at least like cares about it and they care enough to get into somebody. And you know, that's not something that a lot of people are going to want to hear. That's not something that some people are going to want to hear is that, you know, to prove that you care about something, you need to be, uh, you need to yell or you need to get in a player's face, but he's being emotional. He's showing you that he really does care and he wants this program to be successful. And I think that's important. And these players need right. to get that. Yo, I, I need to see Bo Pelini get up in somebody. I need to see someone get up in Bo Pelini and, and <laughs> yeah. give him the pink slip. <laughs> Oh, man, but listen, guys, Alabama's defense, I don't think it matters who starts a quarterback. Malachi Moore, Dylan Moses, that D-line, everything's clicking. Patrick Sertan will lock down the side of the field. It's going to be a long day for LSU, a long night for LSU since this is a 7 o'clock flex CBX, CBS game. That's crazy. But, guys, I'm going to hurt Brandon's feelings here with my prediction. I have Alabama 59-6 to over LSU this weekend. That's probably realistic. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, I just but, didn't want to hear it, but I, I got you. Yeah, it, but pick six does not take score into account, Zach. Oh, my goodness. It just matters who wins. And so I'm taking Alabama in this one. I'm taking Alabama nine to six. If, if, if Listen, you're <laughs> only getting the win if Bama scores less than 10 points. That's not true. It's absolutely. How about true. this? You only get the points if Bama only wins by three. That, that's also not the case <laughs> if Bama wins I get the points oh man guys we're gonna move to the ACC real quick we got the number three Clips and Tigers traveling to Blacksburg to take on the Virginia Tech Hokies Brandon Virginia Tech has double the chance to beat Clemson than y'all do their 22 point underdog why all the respect for the Hokies and none for the Tigers uh because because LSU haters going to hate, I guess is what I'll say. Um, no one, everyone's attacking me personally. Zach is what it is. They heard I got COVID, and they said, "You know what? Let's kick him while he's down." 
And so that's exactly what they did. That's the only um, way to get up on on beat up. That's the only way to get up on me. You can't, you can't, you can't take me face to face. You can't take me man to man. He's um, all these hands or this smoke. Yeah, you don't. Um, no, but I guess what I would have to say about this game, Zach, is that uh, is Clemson Clemson seventy two to three, and that that's all I have to say. <laughs> oh I mean, these teams match up horribly, man. You got Trevor Lawrence coming coming in playing his best football right now. Nineteen touchdowns, two ints. Travis Etienne balling, Amari Rogers balling, Braden Galloway balling. I mean, just keep going. The defense is finally healthy. We saw what they did to Pitt last week until they put the third stringers in and the kicker was playing the end and all that good stuff. Just pure domination. They can force turnovers. They can sack the quarterback. They can stop the run. They have shut down corners everywhere. I mean, this team is like when you get to like year 10 of dynasty on incident play football and everyone's a five-star. Right. And you're just beating teams to death every week. And then you got to reset the dynasty because you get bored. But you look at how they match up. I mean, Virginia Tech, their defense is giving up almost 500 yards per game. Probably not great when you have this dynamic offense who just put up, what, 70 on Georgia Tech earlier this year. Um, not a good look. You got a quarterback in Hendon Hooker who can't, who isn't, I guess, the best thrower. He can't really move, push the ball down the field. And you got a lockdown secondary that's not going to give him many open shots. And you got quick enough linebackers where he's not going to be able to be as dynamic with his feet. Khalil Herbert's really their only offense. And I think Clemson's going to take him away. I think Clemson's going to give Hooker the uh, De'Aaron King treatment. I think this one gets ugly and gets ugly fast. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Clemson, when they're healthy, Zach, is heads, I, I believe, heads and shoulders above almost every other team in the country. The only team I, the only team I think that or teams that can hang with them, I'd say Alabama can hang with them, um, and Notre Dame can probably hang with them. I'm not sure if Notre Dame pulls out another win if Trevor Lawrence is 100 percent healthy and he's playing, but I think they can hang with them. Um, so yeah, I, this game's gonna get ugly quick. It really is. And when I said 72 to three. Not exaggerating. That's my prediction. <laughs> I don't have it that bad. Um, I think Virginia Tech can keep it relatively close early. I think Clemson pulls away about the mid part of the game, and then Virginia Tech gets some late scores. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a big game. I think Virginia Tech is ill-equipped to handle what Clemson does. Their offensive line isn't great. Clemson is going to be able to get and pressure Hooker. Um I just don't I don't see Khalil Herbert having any room, Brandon. I think twelve point eight percent chance to win by um the matchup predictor is not great. I mean the spread is twenty-two. I I just can't see it. I know it's a six thirty ABC. That used to mean something that's gonna be raining. I don't think Virginia Tech has the positional battle or like has the advantage anywhere on the field. I have Clemson forty five seventeen over the Hokies. All right. Oh All right. man. I when that was going to be tough to watch, but guys, we're moving back to the SEC, and this was a little personal, but I think I have a better chance than Brandon this weekend. We got the number five Texas A&M Aggies coming into Jordan Hare, Brandon, to try and beat the Auburn Tigers five and three, uh, only a seven point favorite for A&M, Brandon, and the FPI gives Auburn a fifty three percent chance of winning this game. What's your take on this? And does is A and M on real upset alert? 
I honestly don't really know what to think about this game because these two might be the most wishy-washy teams in in college football. I don't think I don't think that's unfair. I, I think that both of these teams are teams that we don't really know what we're going to get until like halfway through the first quarter. At best, I, I literally, if y'all could let me, I don't know if I'd make my prediction until the fourth quarter. <laughs> Zach's gonna wait. Zach's gonna hold off for the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, wait, this game kicks off at eleven. I'll make my prediction at two thirty. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what we're going with. Nah, I mean, you look at A and M, Brandon. I mean, you talked about are we gonna get the team that struggled to put up twenty on LSU, who's been struggling at and they had that game in Kyle Field at home or are we going to get the team that beat florida 41 38 to dominate south carolina 48 to 3 on the road or again are you gonna have the team that struggled with mississippi state yeah maybe as just so outright are we gonna get the kellen mon that mostly contributed who threw for 300 something yards and like three touchdowns against florida or are we gonna get the kellen mon who threw for 105 yards against lsu it's it's hard to say, man. And honestly, I feel like I hit the nail on the head. I'm not not trying to toot my own here, but I feel like I'm 100 percent right when I say that you can't really predict this until it's game time. Oh yeah, and game time's a stretch too. I mean, and then on the other side, Brandon, I mean, you got Auburn. Are we going to get the Auburn that got beat by South Carolina and just got sh- almost should have been shut out by Alabama last week? Or are we going to get the team that beat LSU 48 to 11? Right. Right, Hard and dominated that entire game. I mean, and the only reason that I think Auburn has a shot is because this is in Jordan Hare. I mean, Bo Nix goes from being the worst quarterback in the SEC to one of the best, just like a, just like a snap. And it's all because he's playing in Jordan Hare. It doesn't make any sense to me, Brandon. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he is just so inconsistent at home. He's spectacular. He's only thrown one interception in his entire career in Jordan Hare, Brandon. That's that's insane. I, I, that's it doesn't even make it it doesn't make any sense how good this kid is in Jordan Hare. He wins in Jordan Hare. He plays outstanding. My X factor, Brandon, is the running game. Can Isaiah Spiller keep up his great performance? Um, or, or can he keep it going from last week when he really was a catalyst in that LSU game, Brandon? He, he ran for 141 against LSU. He ran for 131 against South Carolina. And before that, 114 against Mississippi State, 174 against Florida. If if Isaiah Spiller can keep this streak going since that Alabama game where he got shut down, A&M's going to have a shot. And on the flip side, Tank Bigsby's not 100%. If he can't go, Auburn's chances are going to diminish greatly. But if Tank Bigsby gets suit up and he can be the Tank Bigsby we saw against Ole Miss, against LSU, against South Carolina, I mean, or not really. I mean, he played well against South Carolina, but we still lost. But you get what I mean. He still did his thing. But if he can be that Tank Bigsby they can rely on, get those five, ten-yard runs consistently, Auburn has an amazing shot to win this game. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. This Auburn team's going to go just as far as Tank takes them. <laughs> just give it to Tank. Run the give ball. Tank. <laughs> I mean, listen, Seth Williams has to be big for Auburn. Anthony Swartz has to be – I mean, Auburn – listen, A&M could come in here and play a B-plus game and still get out with a win. 
Auburn has to play an A-plus game to get out of here with a win. And they have a history of playing their A-plus game in Jordan-Hare, Brandon. I'm going to stick with Auburn here, 27-24 and a close one. I think Kellen Mond on the road doesn't play his best game. I think there's some mistakes by A&M. Bo Nix makes all the plays he does in Jordan-Hare, and Auburn upsets the number five team in the country and then they're going to go on to end up losing to Mississippi State next weekend. That's because that's just what Auburn <laughs> does, and it's on the road. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go – I also think it's a close game, but I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go with Texas A&M 31-28. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Guys, the Big Ten, we're back to wrap up pick six, and this game has so much potential, Brandon. Number 12, Indiana, traveling to Wisconsin to take on the number 16 Badgers. Wisconsin's a 14-point favorite, and I have to imagine it's only because Michael Penix Jr. is out this matchup or out for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely what it is, Zach. Um, (laughs) And we hate to see that. We hate to see Michael Penix out because this game would have been so good if he was in. Now, you know, and, and you'll see by my prediction, big Wisconsin guy, everyone knows that, but I, I think the spread's pretty accurate. Uh, I think 14 points is fair, if not a little generous to Indiana without Michael Penix. Yeah, it really is. And Okay, so the only reason I think it might be that is because, I mean, in, Indiana's got some talent elsewhere, and I think they're uh, – with Wisconsin, I think that's why you see the over-under so small and all that kind of stuff because they run the ball so much that the clock's going to – the clock's just going to tick off, and they, they don't have a lot of time. You saw it in the Michigan game. They put up a lot of points. That, because, that was because of the turnovers from Michigan. I don't think you're going to see a lot of turnovers here. I think it's going to be a low-scoring but dominant performance by Wisconsin. Yeah, I agree. I, I just don't see how they compete, man. Like, I, I, I really, really wish everyone was healthy for this matchup. This would be one of my favorite matchups of the season if everybody was healthy. But, you know, I, I don't think um, Scott the third, Stevie Scott the third, the running back, is going to be able to do enough. I, I, I don't think Fry Fogel is going to be – Ty Fry Fogel is going to be enough because I don't think – I don't trust what what Indiana's putting on the field right now. Michael Penix was arguably the most impressive quarterback in the Big Ten this year. Graham Mertz has a chance to explode. Wisconsin has all the motivation in the world to bounce back from that loss to Northwestern, which they have not played a game since then. You know, Jalen Berger, he's going to be huge. I think I think the Wisconsin defense, this is going to be too much for a new starting quarterback, man. They're only allowing 10 points, 11 points a game, 233 total yards. Their rushing attack is uh, – their rushing defense is only allowing 67 yards per game. There's this – I honestly don't see a way Wisconsin doesn't win this game. I don't either. Um, and, you know, I'm a little biased. But I don't know why I'm biased, but I am. Um, Wisconsin, (laughs) look, this offense is really good. This defense is really, really, really good in Indiana. Yeah. It's a good team. They have a good defense, but this offense, I think just falls off without Michael Penix. And so I'm honestly going to have to go with Wisconsin. I'm probably gonna have to go with Wisconsin pretty big too. Uh, yeah, I'm going Wisconsin 24 to 13, Brandon, uh, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, but it, it's going to be—it's probably going to be twenty-four to six late in the fourth, and then a late score by Indiana makes it look a lot closer than it actually was. I'm going to give it to Wisconsin, twenty-eight to ten. 
I like that score prediction. I like that score prediction. There's a tough decision coming up from Wisconsin, Brandon. Graham Mertz might have his job in jeopardy with the return of Jack Cohen. Do you think Mertz be, is going to be able to keep his job? Man, I hope so. I, I mean, I understand there were flashes during the Northwestern game where I was like, and I already mentioned this on the podcast, but um, where they mentioned that Jack Cohen might come back this season. I was like, why would they bench Graham Mertz? And then like immediately after Graham Mertz fumbled the ball, he didn't look great during that entire uh, Northwestern game. I'll admit that. But I still think that Graham Mertz is probably um, the better quarterback of the two. I've been the conductor on the Graham Mertz train, and I will never jump off. I will never abandon my crew because if I leave, the, crane, the, the train crashes, and I can't have that. Graham Mertz needs this train. We're a podcast of quarterbacks. We choose the quarterbacks we love, and we ride and die for them. And so I'm on the Graham Mertz train <laughs> until the day I die. There you go, guys. Um, listen, that's a wrap for pick six, man. We got storylines now. We're going to kick it off in the Big Ten. Ah, oh, man. It, you know, to be a big, bad team who thinks you, you can win the national championship, to be coddled like this is kind of embarrassing. But, Brandon, there's a report from Be- uh, Barry Alvarez, one of the heads of the Big Ten, that if Ohio State has another game canceled, which they could because, Brandon, Michigan had an outbreak today. Their game next week against Ohio State's in jeopardy. So... Ohio State could lose that game, could could have that game canceled and therefore not be eligible. Well, the Big Ten has said they would consider changing the guidelines and the requirements for the Big Ten championship just for Ohio State. Thoughts on this, and is this a good idea? No, it's a terrible idea, but they're going to do it because Ohio State's their moneymaker. That's, that's where the Big Ten gets all their money from, and so they're going to continue to coddle them. And I think it's unfair – because as as a Wisconsin alum, as I am, uh, we all we don't we don't want to see that. We want to see Wisconsin uh, succeed, and we want to see the Big Ten be fair to all their teams, not just the one team <laughs> that 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 they want to choose. The one team that they've continuously coddled. Ah, oh, man, I'm just upset about it because, like you said, if it. If this was an option to cancel it, Barry Alvarez coached at Wisconsin. Right. Are you kidding? It seems unfair. I just I don't get it. I I I, I don't get it either. Um Ryan Day um wasn't gonna be coaching this weekend anyway because of COVID. And it's just the thing about me is like, are you going to, so if you make an exception for Ohio state, are you going to make that same exception for Wisconsin? And I don't think they will. I don't think they will either, which is nuts. I I just don't get it, but you know, that's, that's how, that's how the big 10 is. Sometimes I I get it. They've done a lot of things that are pretty unsavory this year. Um, And (laughs) I would say, I would say that they are, they must not want, um, any kind of like lawsuits or anything to be opened up, but it seems like they're pretty open to that idea. And so I don't know. I have no idea what to think anymore. I mean, I think their biggest thing is they're just trying to protect Ohio state. So if they make that exception, why? Like if you're the big 10, just tell teams to keep canceling, right? Take your four wins and go to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, and also I think they won't make that exception for Wisconsin. Cause I think a healthy Wisconsin can compete with a healthy Ohio state. Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, we watched it last year when I thought Ohio State was heads and shoulders above Wisconsin, and then they got to the Big Ten Championship, and Wisconsin led the entire game. 
Yeah, it was what? It was a blowout at halftime. They were it rolling. Was. And everyone was ready for Wisconsin to, to, to knock Ohio State out of the playoff picture. And then, you know, they came back. But I think, honestly, I mean, this year with Ohio State, Ohio State's not as good as they were last year. Let's get that off the no. table. Not even Wisconsin close. might, I'm not going to say better, but their quarterback plays better. And their defense, I think, is better. The only part where I think that they might have gotten worse is their run game, obviously. Um, without Jonathan Taylor, that's that's a that's a tough loss for this team. But other than that, I mean, I, I think that this team's stronger overall. And I think they have a real chance to beat Ohio State if they had the chance to play them. I agree. A thousand percent. I I do, and I think this is just the Big Ten trying to make sure that their mistake about not building in extra weeks into their schedule doesn't come back to bite them. Right. I mean, and for the, like the NCAA in the playoff committee has got to step in. If, if there is a obvious play to make sure to rig it where your best team makes the playoffs, like I don't think they should vote Ohio state in. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, and I'll be honest with you. I think there's a reason that they have Ohio State at number four right now behind Clemson, and I, if I were if I were Ohio State, I would see that, I would recognize that. And I think that's exactly what the Big Ten did. So now they're making a push for Ohio State to have as many wins as they possibly can, yep. because they're they're threatened by that because they have Ohio State at four. They have the undefeated team behind Clemson with one loss, and yeah, that sucks. But man, it, I think they deserve it right now. I do too. I, right now. I, I, right now, I think Clemson, even with one loss, has been way, way, way more impressive than Ohio State, who's undefeated right now. Right. And I don't even think it's a conversation at this point. It's really not. Just personally, but to build off of this, Brandon, I already mentioned this. Michigan, you know, had a COVID outbreak this week, and next week's um, game against Ohio State's in jeopardy. Last night, Kurt Hurt Street, or today, Kurt Hurt Street had to offer a formal apology to Michigan. Did he? Because on the playoff committee show last night, Kurt Hurt Street made a joke about Michigan purposely getting COVID to avoid Ohio State. <laughs> okay, that's hilarious. Well, the Michigan AD, Ward uh, Manuel, in a video said that if there's a uh, was asked about this and he said, I think it's ridiculous. I have to pause because my words, the anger, I was infuriated by the insinuation that Michigan would do anything other than play a football game. Oh my God. Um, well, Hurt Street offered the apology and said that his joke was like ill taste, like was out of ill taste and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, do you think he should have had to apologize? And do you think the and so he he kind of so the thing I've read is that he kind of insinuated that that's how deep the rivalry is is that Michigan would purposely not play so Ohio State couldn't go to the Big Ten championship, therefore hurting their playoff chances. Um, Zach, I feel like I'm about to take a stance that you weren't expecting. I I do think he needed to apologize for that just because of the, <laughs> just, 
just because of the platform that he's on, man. Like if you're on my plat, if you're on if you're on the Blue Bloods College Football podcast, you can make those jokes. And as a matter of fact, you can almost make a joke about going to intentionally spread COVID. Don't do it. Don't make that joke. Stop yourself before you say it. I did. Um, but you can make those kind of jokes on this platform. If you had ESPN on the playoff selection show, I feel like you shouldn't be joking about that. I feel like that kind of crosses the line. It's like, uh, well, what's the thing? Um, I forgot. I forgot who said it. There was like a somebody who's like a creator on like Twitter or something. He was like, the biggest compliment I ever had is that I'm not big enough to be canceled. I'm like too <laughs> insignificant to be canceled, and like that's what we that's what we are right this second. That's what I'm saying. I can't um, be canceled. Try to cancel me. I dare you. <laughs> like what you cancel in my overcharged credit card, my student loan debt. Like what will we cancel in? Like let's do it. Like I'll sign me up for whatever you want to cancel, homie. Like we good. <laughs> but no, I, listen. Should he have said it? No. Was it hilarious? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I loved it. And do I think Michigan? and Jim Harbaugh are above purposely trying to screw Ohio State? No, I do not. <laughs> Zach's, Zach's on the conspiracy train. I, dude, do you trust Jim Harbaugh? No. Wait, with what? Anything. Um, Because you can't trust him to win the football games for sure. Well, no, I mean, not that. But, like, anything? I'm sure I could trust him with something. What? Um, I bet I could trust him to – to drink a whole glass of milk faster than I could. Like, I feel like that's what he'd be really good at is drinking milk. He, he just looks like that kind of guy. Um, I bet I could trust him to pick out like a pretty cool sweater. If we went to a store, like a dad sweater, uh, I could trust him to do a lot of things. Just not, not, not football related. And you don't think that comment where uh, Ryan day said he's going to drop a hundred on him. Yeah. <laughs> You don't that think that scared him a little bit? That would have struck fear into my bones. Like, I, you know what? I might just go ahead and flip my stance because I, I definitely would have caught COVID on purpose to not have to play Ryan Day after that. <laughs> I mean, and especially, like, like, Ohio State is in the same position Alabama is and Michigan's to, and Michigan's to LSU. Oh, no. they, they, they talked way before they should have, and now they're going to have to put that foot in their mouth, and it's going to be ugly. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be you tough. see, Michigan's got to get better at this. So, like, the professional, oh, we got COVID. Sorry, we can't play as Florida State. They don't give you time to come up with conspiracy theories. They just they get you on the field <laughs> before the game. They say, oh, sorry, we didn't come out of our locker room. They, they, <laughs> they just like, oh, sorry, you paid – Hundreds of thousands of dollars to travel here. Up, oh, pack it back up. I'm still on the train that it should not cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to travel for a football game. Listen, okay. After this, me and you. So I did the QBR research. I need you to go on American Airlines right now, book all the tickets that we're going to need for a football team and everything like that, and let me know how much it okay. is. Okay. How, how many players? What? How many? How, how many total people? Just give me give me an estimate. I would say no less than eighty five. 85. Okay. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Don't worry. I'll, I'll give 85. To you. And then I need you to get a hotel room. Okay. For all 85 people. And then I need you to get what? Six meals. Yeah. I can do six meals for 85 people. A lot okay. of them. Um, I need you to get all the gas for all the equipment people to get there. The, the jets, all that kind of stuff calculated up. Um, 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Let's just go with that. That right there. I'm just saying, dude. You can. I. I guarantee. That's a hundred grand minimum, bro. No way. I guarantee you that uh, that Liberty University is not spending a hundred grand to go visit. That's, that's probably because they they take they drive their personal cars to the game to road games at Liberty. Clemson's well, taking private jets. Well, then how come how come Clemson can't take their personal vehicles? <laughs> They're not gritty enough, dude. They need to, They need okay, to get the grit back. You're saying that Clemson didn't spend that. We had a whole segment here where they spent like millions of dollars on one recruiting weekend. No, yeah, but we know what they're spending money on. Trevor Lawrence, his appearance fee is like one point two million. <laughs> you think when they t- you think when recruits come to campus, they're like, "Listen, that's Trevor over there. He charges fifty for a selfie. You better get you better get that Venmo ready." <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, I, how, I much, would. how much money do you think the girl that looks like him made <laughs> for pictures? That's who they hire when he can't show up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they like stuff her cleats so she's just a little bit taller. Yeah. Oh, God. But, guys, one more storyline here before we get to Brandon's gambling corner. So, Brandon, there was a playoff committee person um, on ESPN who was talking about what it could come down to if Clemson or Notre Dame slip up somewhere is that that four spot in the playoffs could come down to the eye test. She said the eye test this year, since the unequal schedules have happened due to COVID is, is what the committee is taking into account the most. She said, there's never been a year where the eye test has mattered more for the playoff committee. And this person's in the playoff committee. And they said that it's going to come down to the eye test between Texas A&M and Cincinnati. If they went out. Oh, that's wild. Who has been the better team strictly based on eye test? Um, Cincinnati, right? I think. I, I think so. I don't I think, think so it's too. a conversation. I, I mean, Texas A&M, obviously, their only loss is to Alabama. So quality loss. But they've had a couple other close calls. I think, I think beating LSU by 14 points is, is enough to keep you out of the playoffs. I think that's it. Like you can't I like that. You, you can't beat them by only fourteen. And they really weren't weren't even that competitive against Alabama. No, they weren't. And I mean, so I don't know. I, I, I guess what would you say? Because why why is it coming down to those two? Why can't Florida be in this conversation as well? Well, this is just like a hypothetical like where they said that like these, t- like because Florida, well, uh, well, they're either going to be completely in because they beat Alabama, or if they, I, I think they're assuming they're going to lose to Alabama because they'll be the underdog. Yeah. So if they lose to Alabama, that'll be their second loss, and they're not going to have a shot. That's true. Okay, I, I get what you're saying. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, personally, I think Cincinnati has a better resume. They're undefeated. I think that alone uh, should place them above Texas A&M. Um, and then when you look at the way that they've played this year and Cincinnati's just been dominant in most of their games, I don't know. I, I, I would personally put Cincinnati ahead of Texas a and if it were up to me. Oh, man. I mean, listen, Cincinnati has only played one game that has been within one score. Oh, yeah. The UCF game where they won by three. I'm telling you, dude, UCF's the real deal. They have... They have a, they have two technically ranked wins. Army was ranked when they played, and SMU was ranked. But Army, Tol- oh, t- they're going to play Tulsa, SMU, Memphis, Houston, 
and UCF were all ranked at some point this year. Right. That's six. Oh, yeah. They got six ranked wins. Well, five right now if you don't want to include Tulsa yet, but I think they beat Tulsa, I would say, don't you think? I mean, Yeah, they will. Tulsa's good, but they're going to beat Tulsa. Yeah. Texas A&M has still yet to beat – has only beaten one team with a winning record. I didn't realize that. Okay. Florida. They beat Vandy. Very, very bad. They beat Mississippi State. Losing record. They beat Arkansas. Losing record. They uh, their games against Tennessee and Ole Miss were postponed. They they beat South Carolina, not a winning record, and they beat LSU, who does not have a winning record. Right. So if they it so if they struggle against Auburn, that's only the second team they played with a winning record, like that they they would beat with a winning record. Right. That's crazy. So. That's nuts. Okay, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sold. Uh, I'm going, I already told you, uh, Cincinnati. I, I mean, I, I, I think it's pretty, I think it's Cincinnati pretty decidedly, too. I mean, and you look at the, who has the better defense? Right. Uh, it's Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I mean, I'm not going to say elite, but yeah. They're better. And who has the better, more consistent offense? Um, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah. I'm just, and it's like, who are you taking a quarterback, Desmond Ritter or Kellen Mond? Ritter. Yeah, just I'm just saying. Like, I mean, since it, I, right now, if they play neutral site, I'm taking Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati should be the favorite in that game. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you, Zach. And, and it's weird because maybe three weeks ago, I would I would have been on the total opposite side of this argument, but I'm gonna cave and I'm gonna say that Cincinnati, good team, maybe even playoff. Uh, Maybe even a playoff team. You know, if, if I, I don't think. Listen, guys, I don't. I don't want y'all to be like, "What in the heck?" I, Cincinnati's not going to win the national championship. No, but based on what they, I don't. But also, if you put Texas A&M in, Texas A&M isn't getting past the first round either. They're not. It's in their culture. It's in the blood. They can't win. They're not going to win. So that's so. Let us know in the on the in the comments on um, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, Facebook, what y'all think. Let us know in the DMs, and we'll 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 even read some of y'all's responses if y'all give it to us next episode. So do that. We'll see this weekend. Cincinnati doesn't play this weekend. A and M has a tough game against Auburn, so we'll see. We'll, we'll find out a lot about A and M this weekend, I think. But Brandon, we got to wrap it up. It's your, it's your time to shine. It's your time to make everybody a little bit of money today. Let's go. Brandon's gambling corner. You got Big Ten Superdogs first. You got Michigan State plus 23 and a half against Ohio State. Oh, yes. Yep. Taking it. I'm taking taking the spread there. I'm taking Michigan State plus 23 and a half. Damn. For real? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've seen Michigan State apparently – win some games they shouldn't have and keep games that they shouldn't have close to be close. So I, I think I have to. Oh man. I, I like it. I like it. Are you going to take the money line plus nine eighty Michigan state? Heck no. Not even close. <laughs> I just think they can keep it at three scores. Then they can keep it at least three scores. Oh man. Okay. Illinois plus 13 and a half against Iowa. Oh, oh man, um, that's tough. Uh, I no, I'm taking I'm taking Iowa minus thirteen and a half. 
Ooh, I like it. I like it. I like it. Nebraska plus two and a half against Purdue. Nope. Purdue's going to kill them. Dang. Okay. It's, it's Nebraska. It's Nebraska. That's true. That's true. They've screwed me one too many times. Oh, man. All right. We're going. This is a tough one. This next segment is going to be hard for you. Okay. So just be ready. I don't believe you. <laughs> Group of five money lines. Okay. Louisiana Lafayette plus 120 over Appalachian State. Oh, yes. Yep, 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 yep. All day. Ooh. I'm actually, I might actually bet that one. I'm not, really? Yeah, I might. Mm. Okay. Memphis plus 100 over Tulane. No, I'm taking Tulane. Really? The line's minus one and a half. That was a close one. I think I have to. I'm taking Tulane. I like it. Navy plus four ten over Tulsa. Um, no, Tulsa's a good team. We just talked about that. I, I yeah, think. Tulsa's solid. Yeah, they're solid. South Alabama plus one seventy two over Troy. Oh, yep. I'm taking South. I, I I know they're not a good school. I know they're not. Oh, not a good. School. Well, oh, oh, the shots. Well, the shots. I met a good team, but Dang. you know, you know, if you know, it's it was a Freudian slip. Um. <laughs> so, uh, I'll, I'll take south. <laughs> uh, the line's four and a half, Troy. So we'll see how that one turns out. I would definitely take that line. By the way, like if you don't take the money line, if you—I mean, sorry—if you, yeah, if you don't take the money line, go and take that spread. Oh man, SEC madness, week fourteen, Brandon. Okay, Arkansas plus two and a half against Missouri. I could see that. I think they can pull that one out. Yeah. The money lines are plus 126 Arkansas, minus 154 Mizzou. I'd go 126 Arkansas. Yeah, that's a good pick. Tennessee plus 17 and a half against Florida. No chance. No way. Florida Florida wins that game. Yeah. yeah. Vandy plus 35 and a half against Georgia. Ooh, mm, I, yeah, I'd take that. I think I would take that. Uh, thirty-five and a half. That's so many points in Georgia. They, just got, they, like they just got shut out though by Missouri. That's Forty-one true. to nothing. Forty-one nothing. People do forget about that. I'm not sure if Georgia can score forty points. That's true. Even against like practice dummies. Yeah, I'm not sure if they could. Okay. <laughs> the the money line, Brandon, is plus twenty-six hundred for Vandy. Not gonna happen. They're not going to win, but I think they'll keep it. Within, I think they'll keep it within five scores. He says that's a lot, but I don't know about that one. Georgia's yeah. money line is minus ten thousand. There's a reason. No, a hundred thousand. My bad. Minus a hundred thousand. Oh God, a hundred thousand. Uh, that's tough. Anyway, South Carolina plus eleven and a half against Kentucky. Ooh, ooh that's, that's a tight one. That's a that's tight a good one. I think I'd take I think I'd take that. I think I think they can keep it within ten. You think you you got South Carolina money lines plus three ninety. I think I might sprinkle a little on that too. Why not? Why not? We're wrapping it up here, guys. Over unders. Brandon, here they come. Kansas, Texas Tech, sixty three and a half. Kansas, Texas Tech, sixty Ooh, under because Kansas might not score. That's fair enough. Memphis Tulane, sixty two and a half. Over. Oklahoma State TCU fifty one and a half under. Uh, look, you. I almost said under before you even said the number. <laughs> Marshall Rice forty four and a half over. Ooh, Texas K State fifty and a half 
Over. Troy South, 54 and a half. <laughs> Under. Oh, man, that's tough. Syracuse, Notre Dame, 51 and a half. Ooh, under. Florida, Tennessee, 62 and a half. Under. Ooh, okay. I thought Florida might score 60. Uh, Stanford, Washington, 50 and a half. Ooh, under. Stanford can't score under. Yeah, I like under. Oregon, Cal, 58 and a half. Over. UAB, Middle Tennessee, 48 and a half. Over. Oh. Oh, I don't know about that one. That was gross. That was gross. (laughs) I didn't like uh, anything under 50, bro. It makes me feel queasy. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, God, that's six touchdowns. (laughs) That's tough. But, guys, that is a wrap here, man. Week 14 is here. We got big games. We will be back Monday with a recap. So tune in there, man. We want to say thanks to everyone who listened, man. We got our Spotify wrap this week for the Blue Bloods. You guys are murdering it on Spotify. So shout out to everyone who listens on Spotify. If you don't, we still love you. Apple Podcasts, I don't. Overcast, YouTube, all that good stuff, man. It don't matter where y'all listen, man. We just appreciate y'all are tuning in with the Blue Bloods. Your boy, Zach and Brandon. But we will be back. We're recording. We'll be recording our recap on Sunday, my birthday. So it should be a turnt episode coming out Monday for you guys. But guys, you know where to find us. Instagram at the underscore blue bloods, Facebook at the blue bloods pod, Twitter at the underscore underscore blue bloods, the blue blood CFB podcast on YouTube, the blue bloods pod.com website links to everything up on there. But guys, make sure to tune in next week to all your friends, families, side chicks, girlfriends, cousin, aunties, uncles, it don't matter. We appreciate y'all. But for right now, we out.